0: Love is patient, love is kind. Love is, you know the rest. We grow up learning about love from storybooks, Disney movies, and TV shows, but we don't really learn what love is though until we fall in love ourselves. Sure, love should be all of those things, patient, kind, but love is also hard. It takes work. It takes vulnerability and honesty, And this isn't a self-help podcast, so I won't go on and on about it, but the truth is most of us avoid sharing our true feelings, even with the ones we claim to love. And it's that avoidance that ultimately destroys love, which is probably why in the summer of 2018, Shanann Watts bluntly asked her husband to just tell her what he was feeling after picking up on the vibe that something was off. I wish my husband wanted to talk to me, she texted him. It was an obvious attempt to elicit an emotional response from him. But if there was any emotion in him, it was buried far beneath the everything is fine automated response he had programmed himself to give her. But everything was far from fine. Welcome to the podcast that reminds you, it isn't the boogeyman you should be worried about. It's The Stranger You Know. In 2010, Shanann found herself living in North Carolina and dealing with health issues that had her in a dark headspace. She had found herself once divorced and in the middle of a journey to find answers to the health problems she was experiencing. It's during this time in her life that she accepts a friend request from a man named Chris Watts on Facebook. Her friend Nicole had already told her all about her cousin-in-law Chris. She had even suggested Shanann go out on a date with him before. It was a suggestion Shanann ignored at the time, but eventually reconsidered. Here is Shanann describing how she connected to Chris in a video she posted to her Facebook page.
1: My health challenges happened. Um, I was diagnosed with some um, health challenges and then I met Chris. I met Chris because of those health challenges. my friend sent me a friend suggestion for him. It was actually his cousin's wife, and um, I deleted it. I was like, I'm not interested. I don't want to meet a guy. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> so I deleted her friend's suggestion for him. I was diagnosed uh, two months later, and I went through one of the, I would say, darkest times of my life because things just got scarier, um, worse. Um, I thought my life was crumbling underneath me, and I didn't know uh, which way to turn. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends at the time because a lot no. of my friends, um, no. the friends I did have, I lost no. because they didn't understand that I looked perfectly fine and I felt perf- no. uh, horribly inside. Um, horribly. I felt, um, a lot of discomforts, a lot of aches, a lot of, um, bad moods. Um, I met a lot of friends online and in the part where I gave up on everything I quit my job it was kind of temporarily but kind of quit my job uh, of nine years I just said I'm done I can't do this anymore I'm you don't you don't understand me you don't understand what's going on in my life and I quit and I got a friend suggestion friend request from Chris (laughs) I was in a really 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 bad place and I got a friend friend request from Chris on Facebook and I was like Oh, what the heck? I'm never going to meet him.
0: But Shanann did meet him, and two years later, she found herself reciting wedding vows and becoming Mrs. Watts. Her relationship with Chris felt like a reset button for Shanann, a do-over after feeling at the happy ever after she had already tried once before. And to Shanann, Chris checked all the right boxes. He was kind, maybe a little shy, but by all appearances, a good guy. And what made her all the more convinced that he was the one for her was how supportive he had been to her while she struggled with her health issues.
1: And because of my health challenges, because I got so sick, I let him in. And he only knew me at that time. He knew me at my worst and he accepted me. And, you know, through um, your vows, like through sickness and everything, he's been there. He was the one that let me lay on him and fall asleep for three and a half hours on his lap while he had to pee. Um, he is the best thing that has ever, ever happened to me.
0: But while Shannon fell fast for Chris, their relationship was anything but smooth sailing. Chris's family had not bought into Chris and Shannon's fairy tale romance. And their lack of support was obvious when they chose not to attend Chris and Shanann's wedding. But to give some context to their absence, we have to hit the rewind button a bit. For much of his life, Chris grew up in the shadow of his older sister, Jamie, who was all the things he wasn't, popular and likable. Chris, on the other hand, was much more reserved and while he seemed to get along well with others, he never really stood out in a crowd like his sister. Yet his mom Cindy thought he was the perfect son. He was polite, played sports, and did well in school. But she seemed to overlook what an outlier Chris actually was. He never really had close friends outside of his mom, dad, and his grandmother, and he never had a girlfriend. In fact, it wasn't until he hit that friend request button on Shanann's Facebook profile that he initiated a real, meaningful, romantic relationship in his life. And while Chris seemed to almost gravitate to Shanann, they could not have been more different. Chris was socially awkward and introverted. Shanann, on the other hand, was outgoing, open, and beautiful. And maybe it was this extreme dichotomy between the pair that triggered an immediate visceral response by Cindy, that Chris and Shanann were just wrong for each other. Or maybe it was the toxic need of a mother to control a son who to that point had only ever lived to please her. There was something about Shanann's assertiveness, her overpowering personality against the meek and mild demeanor of her son that rubbed Cindy the wrong way. It made her feel as though Shanann was too domineering over her son and made him do and say things that he wouldn't otherwise do or say. Suddenly, Chris was standing up to his mother in Shanann's defense when there were disagreements between Shanann and his family, and that just didn't sit well with her. But then again, there was something about Cindy's possessiveness over her son that just didn't sit well with Shanann. To Shanann, Cindy had never given her son the recognition she gave her more vibrant, charismatic daughter. Whatever way you slice it, it's safe to say that Shanann and Cindy did not get along from the start of her relationship with Chris. And then Shanann decided to make a career change, possibly go into nursing. She also wanted to live somewhere cooler in an effort to relieve some of the health issues she was still experiencing in North Carolina, which led to the couple making the decision to relocate to Colorado. It was a move that only led to more bitterness from Chris's family, who had never anticipated that Chris would move away from everyone he knew. So it's safe to say that the tension leading up to their wedding was high. Yet despite the animosity from Chris's family and their recent move to Colorado, Chris and Shanann still chose each other. And they got married in a beautiful ceremony that had been planned to the very last detail by Shanann. Pictures of their wedding day show a happy couple in love eager to embark on their new life together. Yet all the while the absence of Chris's family from the cheerful photographs paints a picture of a deep divide before their marriage had even begun. After their wedding, Chris and Shanann started their new lives together in Colorado. They took on jobs at a car dealership, bought a big house, and in 2013, they welcomed their first child, a girl they named Bella. They welcomed their second child in 2015, another girl they named Celeste, who they like to call Cece. By now, Chris had reconnected with his parents, as is often the case when grandchildren are born. But underneath their happiness, there were some cracks. The couple was struggling financially, and in 2015, they filed for bankruptcy to escape their growing debt. By the summer of 2018, Chris was working as an operator at a petroleum company, and Shanann was a promoter for a nutrition supplement company called Lavelle. Shanann thrived in the MLM structure and she would use Facebook as her platform to share the perks of consuming Lavelle products, as well as the financial incentives given to Lavelle promoters by the company. Her Facebook profile was packed with smiling pictures of her and her family. And she would often share videos of both she and Chris consuming the Lavelle products, which may have seemed all the more convincing, given Chris's obvious physical transformation during this time. Suddenly he was displaying a much more slim and fit physique, which he contributed in part to Lavelle products. On social media, Shanann seemed to be living the perfect life. She had a supportive husband who was a great father to their two cute little girls, a nice house, and she often took exciting trips to new places because of her success as a Lavelle promoter. But you know what comes next. It's that nagging feeling you get when you skim Facebook and you see the same person posting curated pictures of their glamorized life. The feeling that if something seems too perfect to be true, then it usually isn't. And for Shanann, things were far from perfect. Two years after declaring bankruptcy, the couple was once again in a financial downfall. They were behind on their mortgage payments, and the credit card bills were stacking up. And while a new baby is normally cause for celebration, Shanann's discovery during this time that she was pregnant with their third child, this time a boy they planned to name Nico, seemed to only heighten the stress in their marriage. And then suddenly, Chris seemed distant. Sure, he had always been quiet, but never so disconnected so disengaged. What Shanann didn't know was that Chris had already mentally pulled the plug on their marriage the moment he met a woman named Nicole Kessinger at his job in June of 2018. Shanann could feel something was off in their marriage, but she was oblivious to the work romance that had quickly spiraled into something more for Chris. What started as a flirtatious connection at the office that summer turned into secret meetings four to five times a week. Now, how much Nicole knew about the status of Chris's marriage is still up for debate, to put it lightly. But he definitely didn't paint a picture of a happy marriage, and he tells her in early July that he's close to finalizing a divorce from Shanann. That same month, Shanann and the girls go on a five-week-long family vacation to North Carolina, with the plan being that Chris would later join them. While his family is gone, Chris goes out on dates with Nicole and enjoys the pleasure of her company in his family's absence. When Chris flies out to North Carolina to join his family on vacation, there's obvious strain between him and Shanann. Some of that strain was due, in part, to to a fight Shanann had recently had with Chris's mother Cindy while in North Carolina. It was about Cindy exposing their daughter Cece to nuts, despite Cece's severe nut allergy. The argument had only revved back up the same hostility between Shanann and Chris's family that had existed before they were married. So when Chris arrives in North Carolina, after spending all that time with Nicole, free of his wife, and free of his children, Shanann was likely still feeling rattled about the fight with his mother. She wanted to experience the warmth and understanding that can only come from your spouse, and she expected Chris to show signs he had missed his family in their time apart. But instead, Chris was cold, he was disconnected, and he seemed to care less about how Shanann felt about her disagreement with Chris's mother, while also dealing with the early stages of her pregnancy. In lengthy text messages to Chris that Shanann later shares with her friend, Shanann attempts to justify her side in the argument with his mother and denies being the reason behind the division between Chris and his family. Yet, Chris barely responds to her. It's clear from their text exchanges during this time that Chris is largely indifferent to Shanann and her feelings, which was not lost on Shanann. She confides to her friends that Chris's behavior was troubling. He no longer showed any physical interest in her, and he had even admitted to her that he didn't want a third child. There was something going on with Chris that Shanann couldn't put her finger on. It felt to her like Chris was detaching himself from their marriage and his family. What she didn't know was that while they were in North Carolina, Chris had met with his family and told them he had plans to divorce Shanann. To Chris's family, this was music to their ears because they had never approved of Shanann, but he was probably too distracted texting Nicole to hear their words of encouragement and support. And when Chris's mother notices his constant texting, she asks him if there's another woman, and Chris denies it. Shortly after the family's return from North Carolina, Shanann goes to a Lavelle conference in Arizona. But first, she writes a letter to Chris expressing her love and desire for things to just go back to the way they were. She writes, the last five weeks have been the hardest. I missed everything about you. But once again, Chris is unresponsive to her attempts to bridge the gap between them. He keeps his communications with her short while she's away, and he's even careless enough to pay for a date night dinner with Nicole with the couple's credit card. A move that alerts Shanann to the possibility that Chris was seeing someone else. If I could, I would cue the Whitney Houston song about credit card receipts and a dinner for two. But it's safe to say that at this point, Shanann had the receipts that he likely was cheating on her. So much must have been running through Shanann's head while she traveled back from Arizona. Was she thinking through all the various ways her conversation with Chris could go during her plane ride home? He had seemed so disinterested in all of it recently, their marriage, her pregnancy. She must have been thinking, where had the soft-spoken, loving husband she had met and married gone? the one who held her hand during doctor visits and stuck by her side through it all. When Shanann gets home from her trip, it's almost two in the morning. I can almost feel her exhaustion watching the doorbell camera video of her walking up to her front door. Traveling is exhausting enough, but doing it while pregnant is next level. Maybe she tells herself the conversation she's overdue to have with Chris would have to wait until morning as she quietly lets herself into the dark house. Except for Shanann and her little girls, morning never comes. It's unclear what exactly happened after Shanann came home and honestly, I don't think we'll ever really know. Did she confront Chris over her suspicions of him cheating? Did she crawl into bed next to him after a long day her heart filled with hope that she could still salvage their marriage. Because for Shanann, that is what she wanted. Chris was her person, the father of her children. She didn't want to lose him and had told him as much in the letter she had written him. But there are details surrounding the terrible events of that early morning that only Chris Watts knows for sure. The problem is, Chris Watts is a liar. And there's a saying about liars. A liar should not be believed even when he speaks the truth. So here's what we know happened for sure. A neighbor surveillance video taken in the early morning hours shows Chris backing his truck into his garage around 5.30 a.m. We know that Chris loaded Shanann's body into that vehicle after taking her life some time after she arrived home. What's unclear from the video is whether Bella and Cece were still alive when they were put into the truck as well. Chris then drives his truck to the oil field where he works and disposes of the dead bodies of his wife, whom he buries in the field, and of his two daughters, who he drops into separate oil tanks. Now there will come a point when Chris will meet with investigators to confess his version of what he says happened in those early morning hours a lot of details which contradict his previous statements made during his police interviews. And I'm not going to recite the details of Chris's story, mostly because, well, do I need to repeat that saying about liars? And the details about what order Chris Watts killed who, or whether Shanann or his girls saw what was coming before they were killed, it feels only like salt on a wound, because regardless of what version you believe of what happened, the outcome remains the same. Shanann and her two little girls are gone, killed at the hands of a man they loved, trusted, and for his little girls, absolutely adored. Looking back at it all now, it's chilling how Chris hatched a plan while maintaining a normal facade for weeks. And that isn't me speculating. He admitted to investigators that he wanted to kill Shanann well before her murder. And while in hindsight there were some red flags, by the time Shanann realized that Chris was checking out of their marriage, his devotion to Shanann had already crumbled into resentment. He resented her pregnancy. He resented their marriage. He resented their money issues. He resented his life as a husband and a father. He resented her for the wedge between him and his family. Shanann tried. Desperately to reconnect with the man she knew in the weeks and days before her murder, but that man, the man she had once described as the best decision of her life, wasn't there anymore. Chris was sentenced to life in prison for the lives he took, and in the wake of their murders, Shanann's family is left forever broken. At his sentencing trial, Shanann's mother expressed her grief over the loss of her daughter and granddaughters and she shared the message she wanted Chris to carry with him for the rest of his life.
2: God makes no mistakes on who he puts in your life. Marriage is about love, trust, and friendship and unity. We marry for sickness and health to death do us part. Our daughter Shannon loved you with all of her heart. Your children loved you to the moon and back. Shannon's family was her world. Shanna put a crown on your head but unfortunately the day that you took their life God removed that crown we loved you like a son we trusted you your faithful wife trusted you your children adored you and they also trusted you your daughter Bella Marie sang a song proudly And I don't know if you got to see it but it was daddy you're my hero I have no idea who gave you the right to take their lives. But I know God and his mighty angels were there at that moment to bring them home to paradise. God gives us free will. So not only did you take the family of four, your family of four, you took your own life. I want the world to know that our daughter and her children were so loved by us. They will always be protected by God and his mighty angels. I didn't want death for you because that's not my right. Your life is between you and God now and I pray that he has mercy for you. From Shannon's mother, Bella Marie, Celeste Catherine and Nico Lees, Nana. Thank you, Your Honor.
0: Love is a lot of things, but I know one thing love should never be is murderous. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. And if you like the podcast, be sure to review and subscribe and share it with your friends. It really helps to make it grow. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at the stranger, you know, podcast. And if you have a story of betrayal by someone you thought you knew who turned out to be a stranger, Email it to the stranger you know podcast at gmail.com and I'll share it on a future episode. Until then, trust no one.
2: Day podcast